Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kyle, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called The Two Goals of Audience Building. Let's get started. Let's talk about audience building today. Last week, I talked about how I use Twitter, and that was received reasonably well in the community. Got a lot of feedback and a lot of insights from there. So that's why I want to talk about why audience building is such a good idea. And I'm aware that many of you already know that I'm working on a book called Audience First. So that means I'm currently engaged in thinking a lot about what drives us to build audiences. Let's take a closer look at the goals for audience building. Not necessarily the practice like I did last week, but the overarching goals. Many people see audience building as a means to an end. Right? For them, it's building a following. That's what they expect. Just building a following of people that are just sitting there waiting to be sold something. And I feel this is a minimal, a very minimal view of audience building. I talked to another podcast host yesterday on a show, and we came to the understanding that many people consider the term audience in this very classical way. They imagine a stage, and there's a band playing music, and this is the concept of an audience that looks at people attending a concert as something very passive. They're merely listening, right? They're consumers. The only thing they do is cheer and maybe pay for the concert, but there's no interaction beyond that. It's a very monodirectional approach. The information flows from the band to the audience, they receive it, and they consume it. And while this is true for a lot of creative work, like for musicians and artists in general, we can expect more of a bi-directional kind of communication in the entrepreneurial world. And I'm not saying that artists and musicians are not entrepreneurs, just saying that beyond this kind of standing in front of an audience world, we have a channel, a back channel, that is also very interesting. So it's really not just about yelling at people to buy something, right? This approach might work for some people, even in the SaaS and in the e-com and the info product world. But I don't think it should be the perspective that we take to build audience-first businesses. So what are those goals of audience building that go beyond just building a following? I think it's important to understand that there are two goals in building an audience. It's not just about your product or business. It's also about you as the entrepreneur behind the project. It's about building a business brand with your name attached to it and building a personal brand that has your business attached to it. And there are many, many faceless corporations out there, gigantic enterprise businesses that build equally faceless audiences for their products. Right, they only need to know that you belong to the target audience, their consumer base, to sell you their product, and that's it. They don't care about who you are, and you might not even really care about who they are. It's just about the exchange, the transaction. But passionate founders that I've met and talked to in our founder community, they want their audience to be more than just a number in the spreadsheet. When they think about their customers, they want to understand them and build a relationship with them. They want to understand what drives and motivates the customer beyond just selling them a product once. They want the forever transaction, a relationship-based transaction. So a founder's mission is to solve their audience's problems again and again and make their lives better in a meaningful way. And that alone makes audience building a completely different endeavor for indie founders. When we compare our efforts to build an audience as indie founders and indie hackers to the efforts of a much larger enterprise business, for example, we encounter 
wildly diverging amounts of entrepreneurial risk as well. And that's important to talk about because entrepreneurial risk in our case means that our startups, the businesses that we found, and the ideas that we have might not work out. There's always a chance, right, that stuff is not going to work out. And while this is not a big problem for an enterprise business that when just one of their products doesn't work out, they can create and sell another product, and that's perfectly fine, it's in the budget. For an indie founder, failing makes a significant and often financially catastrophic difference. So building an audience allows us, beyond just really being able to interact with our customers, it allows us to not lose everything when we start something new because a previous attempt didn't work out. This is one of the benefits that many indie hackers don't see. When you think about building an audience, you are building a personal brand that transcends the business that you're starting. Your business is one thing, but you as a founder are another equally valuable thing to follow on a social network or within any kind of community. Your expertise, your contributions, and you as a person are all things that your community peers care about. So it's really not just about the product and the business. I mean, you still want to make people as interested as possible in the thing that you're building, right? It's not just about you as a founder persona. It's also about what you're doing, how you're helping the community, your chosen audience, the problems that they have. But you want to have your own personal brand as the accomplished founder or the founder on a journey to accomplishment. And you want to have the brand for your business, the idea, the actual solution to somebody's problem. And this is a balancing act. I understand that. It's not easily done. So let's talk about the two main goals that we should follow to get there. The first goal is becoming a trusted domain expert. And the second goal is building a product that your audience actually needs. And that's it. Become an expert personally and professionally. Build a product that comes from visible and verifiable needs from within your audience, and that solves the problem. Let's start with the first goal, becoming a domain expert. Consider where you want to be a year from now. Wouldn't it be great if you had a reputation in your community for knowing what you're talking about, right? for being an understanding and intelligent and knowledgeable person? How about lots of people learning from your content and from your posts and then thanking you in public for your helpful insights? Well, that's what happens when you are a domain expert. And the recognized domain expert is a person with leverage in a community. And this doesn't have to be purely selfish kind of leverage. You can use that leverage for many things for your own success, but also for furthering the success of the community and for eventually elevating other people into positions of success where you can interact and partner with them and build something more significant, right? It's it's not just you. It's an expansive thought. But you won't become a recognized domain expert overnight. This is a long-term play. And since we're talking about strategic goals, we have to understand that this will not happen within a couple of days or a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months. This will take some time. And it's essential to understand that it's based on trust. Every expert in the community is recognized as an expert because people trust what they've said in the past. It's really about exposing yourself to a community and sharing your learnings and insights in a meaningful way that helps other people. This and only this generates trust within a community. That trust will over time turn into some form of reputation within that community. And just look at the indie hacker and founder community. For the people who are trusted and domain experts in this community, like Justin Jackson or 
Tyler Tringas, KP in the no-code space, that they have that because they're consistently providing heaps of value and are earning the trust of their community every single day. But those people did not start as experts. Nobody started as an expert. They began by being ambitious learners first. They shared their learning journey and they still are sharing their journey to this day. And this made them a trusted domain expert in the end, right? They started from nothing and shared and learned how to learn. And then they shared their learning journey with other people. They're now recognized as teachers that improve their community. Becoming a trusted domain expert can create this personal brand for you within that community. So let's take a look at the second goal, the other side, at the product and the business. Nailing the audience-first product approach is the second goal of audience building. Right? Try to achieve the second goal in parallel with your personal journey to domain expertise. Consider this to be an ongoing feedback loop that's at the core of your whole audience building process. So let me quickly explain what I mean with this loop. It starts with learning something from your community, any kind of in insight. Somebody complains about a challenge or they ask for recommendation or an alternative to a tool that they're already using or anything that creates a learning for you. That's how you learn about an underlying problem. And then you try to really analyze and validate it. Is it really there? Or is this person just overreacting or venting? Or is there actually more to this? Are other people complaining about this too? Can I find traces that this is a common problem? And based on this, you build something that you can solve this for people with who have the issue. And then you release it either conceptually or as an actual tool. And then you observe the reactions from the community. And that will teach you something new. And the loop begins again. You learn, you validate, you build, you release, you observe. And through this, you're becoming an expert in your field's challenges and requirements. And that creates personal growth in parallel to your professional growth. And you can kind of see how following these two goals at the same time affects, how they affect each other, how they, they bolster each other as well. And there are a couple of concepts that are underlying that really help. And I just want to introduce them to you, the three fundamental pillars to audience building growth, which affect your follower count, obviously the amount of people who follow you, but also, and that's more important, the quality of your work and the impact it has on your community. And I was talking about this last week already, kind of from the more pragmatic perspective, I was talking about engagement, empowerment, and content. And it's really, really simple. It's quite straightforward. You engage with people, don't just yell into the void, you empower people, can lift them up and multiply the amount of eyes that are on their content. And then you provide meaningful and valuable content that actually helps people on a regular basis. If you do these three things, you will attract people who are interested in you, your work, and your opinions, right? You as a person. It's going to be your personal brand. And at the same time, they're going to be interested in your product and how you can help them. And that's going to be the professional brand that you're building. Without this kind of intentional interaction, you would never learn about people's problems. And that's why it needs to happen in public. There's a lot of talk about building in public, particularly on Twitter, but also on other social media and just the whole entrepreneurship space at the moment. And I really appreciate this because learning, teaching, and feedback are crucial to the entrepreneurial journey at all points. So working in public, building in public, learning and teaching in public makes this so much easier. If you learn in public, 
other people learn with you. And if you teach in public, they learn from you and you learn from them because it's a communication, right? It's a process, it's a conversation. And a feedback mechanism like consistent engagement with the community allows you to better understand people's problems by just interacting with them and seeing multiple perspectives. And that's important. As founders, we often believe that we know something and we know it well, but really just talk to a few of your prospective customers to see if your worldview matches theirs. In many cases, you'll find that your assumptions were highly biased. So only honest and truthful engagement will unearth these secrets for you. And you have to talk to people. And best doing it in public so you can not just get this kind of um, dialogue style conversation, but can have people chirp in with their own perspectives that you may not already consider. Building for an audience and building an audience in public is extremely valuable because now you're not building an idea first or product first business, you're actually building an audience first business. So you don't just have this great idea and then sit there for six months in complete isolation, build it and then throw it on the market and nobody buys it, right? Now you actually have a consistent validation opportunity when you're engaging with your audience regularly, all the time, every tiny step you take you will get feedback. And if it's a problem, if you're making a mistake, you will know much earlier than if you were to build the whole thing and try to market it and only learn then later that you actually made a mistake. And this works so well because founders who build in public and who learn and teach in public work from an abundance mindset. So that's something I want to talk about now. If you consider being involved in a community to be an abundant thing and not a zero-sum game, as some claim it is, then everything is much, much easier. You're not losing anything if you're adding value to something else. If you look at the whole community you're working in from this abundance perspective, reaching and teaching to as many people as possible is also a positive thing. So don't try being elitist or exclusive or reclusive because that just really reduces the potential impact that you might have on the lives of others. And people notice when you have impact on their life and they reciprocate. So the abundance mindset helps you because it's expansive and inclusive. That in a community is very important. So consider the whole community to be something that you should support and not just your potential customers. Because if you get this kind of leverage from becoming a domain expert in your community, then your customers will find you, but you will also have the respect and adoration of others who will help you, who will do their marketing for you, who will show new um, people who enter the community who they should be following, who they should talk to. And if your name comes up, then that's a good thing. So be the person that people want to actually mention when people ask for who to follow. And this is maybe a good opportunity to talk about competition. Because from a perspective of abundance, competition is not a problem. In a community, you're not even competing with each other, right, on Twitter. I'm not competing with other people on Twitter in the, in the same sense that a business is competing with other businesses in the same space. It might sometimes feel that you're competing for attention, but even that isn't true. You can share attention. Just look at amplifying other people's messages, like retweeting something. It's a triple win. It's good for you because you get a tiny fraction of credit for somebody else's tweet. Maybe you could call this a finder's fee. 
it's fascinating for your followers because they're interested in the things that you share. That's why they follow you. So anything that you retweet is immediately interesting to them. So that's the second win. And the third win is for the person you actually amplify. A person who may just have a couple followers, a couple hundred, couple thousand, and they benefit massively from having their message syndicated to a much larger audience. And now they can find more customers for their project or more people who can help them with their problems. So it's just really about this expansive approach to competition. You're not really competing. You're actually much better off helping each other. So the abundance mindset shows that the more you can share and amplify within this community, the better it will be for the community as a whole and for yourself. Particularly on Twitter, where tweets are ephemeral and they kind of go away after a while and there's more stuff in, in your activity feed, everybody will get a shot at being seen eventually, right? Everybody will have that chance. So you don't compete. It's just, it, it's really not. There's enough space for everybody to get their voice heard. And the abundance mindset also extends to building relationships. Connecting with another person becomes much more enjoyable when you understand that it's not just about an opportunity to sell something, but actually about starting a conversation. When you talk to somebody as a peer, you will learn about them and understand them better, and they will get to know you better too. And if you're interesting, and if they are interested in having a long-term relationship with you in this community, as an expert, or as just as somebody who is there just like they are to learn more, they will start talking with you and start talking about you and introducing you um, and who you are and what you are about to other people. And it's like, they do your community growth for you. They will get other people interested in you if you're an interesting person that they have a relationship with. And I have that a lot on my own Twitter account. I, every day, there's somebody who mentions me in some sort of tweet for people who are asking, who should I follow on Twitter? And the people who do this are the people that I have DM conversations with or interesting, um, engaging conversations in their tweets or my tweets. So it works very well for me that people are now so interested in what I have to say that they share my Twitter handle with other people to just get them invited into this space. So let's finish this by pulling this all together in one comprehensive thought. Audience building requires you to build two parallel brands, one for yourself and one for your product and your business. You want people to be interested in what you want to eventually sell and establish your reputation as a caring expert in the field that you can also carry with you the reputation beyond this particular business. Act from an abundance mindset, engage, empower, and provide valuable content to build in public, and really start now. Start by being an ambitious learner. Share your journey, share your learnings, teach, and become a person that people in your community want to engage with. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the Bootser Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootsofrana.com. You can find my book Zero to Sold at zerotosold.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootsofrana.com. If you want to support me and the Bootsofrana podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com founder. It'll help other founders or founders-to-be find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.